Saludos Amigos, 1943. World War II had a profound impact on the output of the Disney studio between talent being drafted and global markets changing, but at the beginning of the 40s, the studio was approached to produce propaganda films and was taken on a goodwill tour of South America funded by the U.S. Department of State. Saludos Amigos is one of two animated features to come from this tour. Travel was covered for the staff and the films would be underwritten if they did not perform well. This is significant not only because the studio is in debt as markets change, but this trip also occurs during the strike in 1941. It is while Walt is away that the labor dispute is nearly settled. The film is also their shortest to date and likely was not expected to define these trends for the rest of the decade, or drastically lead to stylistic evolution. Composed of four vignettes strung together by travel footage and narration, Saludos Amigos documents an exaggerated but hyperreal tour of South American countries. The film begins with the staff and Walt himself boarding a plane and includes several shots on the plane throughout, alongside animation of their flight over a dramatized and symbolized map of the countries, much like the map in Dumbo. The film's bright visuals are meant to endear the audience to the location and people, but there is a limitation in Disney magnifying details to create singular and easily identifiable traits when applied to a culture or race. While the tour footage occasionally shows groups of local people, the animation primarily does not feature actual people from the places animated, but the film still garners a warning for representation on Disney+. While Fantasia was the first package film the studio released, Saludos Amigos differs in construct and provides more of a narrative throughline to connect the shorts, despite using animation techniques less rigid than the formalist era's hyperrealism. The first segment is the one with actual people, titled Lake Titicaca which features Donald Duck as a stand-in for a bewildered and culturally insensitive tourist. Much of the imagery of the short is an exaggerated depiction of what the narration describes, but this quickly and easily falls into stereotypes on screen. What I find interesting about the segment narratively is that it could be in on Donald being insensitive. Like Dumbo, I lean away from the kinder reading here, but the sight of Donald swinging a camera around at random people walking by like zoo animals only for a child to take a picture back feels in line with the themes of Lilo and Stitch and how it addresses white tourists. Unlike Lilo and Stitch's clear intent, however, Lake Titicaca struggles from the dynamic of who is the subject and who is the object of the scene. Even if Donald is supposed to be in the wrong here, he is the connection to the narrative and the setting. The local people here only exist as visual gags that reflect him and could barely be seen as undermining him. Culture and race are where Disney's reduction to symbols works against the strength of the animation. While the studio will eventually create stories rooted in people of color as the subject, voice casting will be another conversation, the issue that is difficult to shake is the fundamental way everything is viewed as material. The studio sees these vibrant cultures and goes home to draw them, infusing the typical personality and visual humor they know without a second thought. To quote Paul Wells on representation, the film is, quote, engaging with the surface of the phenomenon and resists the agenda of the historical source, the cultural position, and the acceptable limits of representing the subject, end quote. The phrase, surface of the phenomenon, perfectly encapsulates the shortcomings the studio faces in films like Saludos Amigos, its sequel to Three Caballeros, and even through films like Aladdin, where attempts to depict these places and people fall short within the ways in which Disney tells stories and looks for visual comedy. In exaggerating the narration, it comes this film's drastic shift away from many of the hyper-realism tenets that are present in the formalist era. Salidos Amigos being a package film means it also plays by the rules of the Disney short, which allows the fourth wall to be ignored in many cases, or for larger narrative-shattering metamorphosis, established early when Donald's head turns into a bell as the narrator describes symptoms of an illness. This extends into some very visually charming moments, like the dramatic screen wipes in El Gaucho Goofy, where Goofy is conscious of the screen's edge moving toward him and it pushes him away. 
This is also true of the depiction of and embrace of fabrication in the finale, Aquarela do Brasil, in which the background and setting is painted by a brush that the characters are aware of. These types of gags are extremely unusual for the studio's features and are more indicative of the boundaries pushed by Looney Tunes' comedy-centric and rules-light animation, Aquarela do Brasil particularly feeling like a stepping stone for the tour de force of Chuck Jones's Duck Amok. The second segment is loosely inspired by the site of the Andes Mountains from the plane over Chile. Titled after its lead character Pedro, the short is about a plane that delivers mail over the mountains for his first time. There are visual highlights and fun comedic moments drawn from the relationship between the narrator's words being subverted on screen like before, but the piece is ultimately mediocre in both narrative, reach, and effect. When Pedro flies through the storm, the visuals are engaging and there is a fun x-ray effect when lightning flashes a few times, and the segment ends on a punchline as it is revealed the mail that he risked his life for was only a postcard, leaving little else memorable. The third segment, El Gaucho Goofy, is preceded by the staff's introduction to these Argentinian horsemen and various parts of their culture as it depicts Goofy as a cowboy from the States who is magically yanked south and redressed to fit the gaucho aesthetic. The segment restates what the documentary did before, but with Goofy reenacting visual gag reversals, including being tied up by his horse. Like Lake Titicaca, the animation is chaotic. One example is a gag in which Goofy is seen successfully catching an ostrich with bolas, but to show detail of the action, the film narrative rewinds and proceeds again in slow motion. This is fully reanimated with every act and movement deeply exaggerated until Goofy injures himself in this new turn of events, and the narrative speeds back up until it goes beyond the original pace to great comedic effect, landing on the punchline of Goofy himself tied up with the ostrich and his horse. At the end of the sequence, the invisible hand of the narrator launches him back where he came from now that he has cosplayed a culture thoroughly. While these segments with Donald and Goofy are predicated on their own American tourist ability to trip over themselves, the outcome still largely leaves the painting of the culture as two-dimensional and stereotypical, especially with the short runtime spent developing these images, and it uses beloved Disney icons as the center points rather than real people. The final and most accomplished segment is Aquarela do Brasil, featuring another appearance from Donald Duck and the emergence of a new character, Jose Carioca, who is a Brazilian green parrot. The segment is, as the title suggests, about a watercolor portrait of Brazil. The segment is, as the title suggests, about a watercolor portrait of Brazil, and the watercolor aesthetic on display is impressive in motion. It opens with full metamorphosis of images never allowed within the hyperreal Disney before this. The audience sees a bushel of bananas drawn in a tree, only for the artist's hand to add black paint between them that solidifies the yellow of the bananas to become beaks of several toucans, which fan out their heads and separate. This is also how Donald appears on screen, from a flower that has a bill shape until the lines and colors fully form into the famous duck. Jose is drawn and introduces himself to the visual gag of Donald needing several books open to understand him at the speed he talks, which reads as deeply othering. Jose is a fun screen presence, however, and takes Donald on a tour and teaches him to dance until the camera fades back out of the watercolor portrait seen on the artist's desk completed as the film ends. While Saludos Amigos falls short of the formalist era by a wide margin, it is important to remember the package film differs in intention, not just in terms of government motivation, but stylistically as a collection of animated shorts. The ceiling of accomplishment is lower, and the poor cultural representation is a problem made worse with the context of government involvement. But it is interesting to see the studio creating comedy-centric animation on the feature-length scale. The years of package films are mediocre and include more misguided cultural shorthand, but the stylistic developments made in that time are as invaluable as the money the films made to keep the studio afloat. The classic Disney style of the 1950s is indebted to these films, for better or for worse. Next up, The Three Caballeros, 1945. Please go to ghostofjoe.com to see all these essays 
You can also find a link to this one directly in the show notes of this upload. And there you will find in-text citations and works cited and share it with anyone who you think cares a lot about Disney animation. You can also find myself on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. The music used in this audio version is from The Skeleton Dance, a Disney Silly Symphony short. Thank you for listening and reading.